Thanks for joining us. I'm praying that today's message will empower you to use your voice, help you change the way that you think, and it'll stir up the spiritual gifts that are in you. If you'd like to follow along with Pastor's Notes, you can download our app or go to the on-demand page at walkingbyfaith.tv. Today, Pastor Duane is starting a new series all about hosting the Holy Spirit. We're going to take a look at the guidelines we should follow when hosting His presence by looking at Jesus' life. At the end, Pastor is going to pray for you to have the gifts of the Holy Spirit stirred up inside of you. This is a power-packed message called He'll Do It Again. So let's go ahead and take a look. And I want to start with a question. What is the most important thing about you? What is the most important thing about you? Now, I will answer the, qu the question, and it may not be what you think. But the most important thing about you is what you believe about God. Because it will affect every aspect of your life. Right? The second most important thing about you, if you're a Christian, is how you host the presence of God. What do you do with God's presence on the inside of you? Jesus in John 16 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. It is expedient that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And so Jesus is telling his disciples who've been with him 24-7 for three and a half years, who've seen Jesus do all sorts of miracles and signs, wonders, healings. He's telling them, it's to your advantage that I leave. It's going to be better for you because the Holy Spirit, the helper, the, the, the advocate, the standby is going to come. Now, what we do with the presence of God really is, it, it determines your life as a Christian. It determines your value in the kingdom of God. Uh, uh, we, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, and, and I want to kind of jump back in where we were, but we're, we're going to get into some new materials, some things we've probably never talked about before, uh, before we're done with the service today. And, and I hope to have one more service on this particular subject, and uh, then I'm going to kind of jump right into what you believe about God. But in Ephesians 4, verse 29, it says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Now, really, these verses are talking about grieving the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit is not a it. Jesus said he, right? And, and he has a personality. There's things that he likes. There's things that he doesn't like, right? Uh, now, Jeannie will probably be able to remember, but, but uh, she was brought up on a little farm, right? And, and her dad would, you know, go out and tear a tractor apart, put it together, go work out in the field, and he'd come back all sweaty. And, and she just thinks that's like the most macho thing a guy can do. So, so... <laughs> So, 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 you know what I, I did? I, I noticed out in the, 
in the, the flower beds, you know, all these weeds. I'm telling you, I'm out there, I'm throwing weeds every which way, making sure I get dirt all over me, you know. She says she noticed. All right. Because you say, why did you do that? Oh, because she really likes that. Right? And I know she really likes that. Right? Now, there's other things that she doesn't like. And trust me, I know what those are too. All right? And, and I try to stay away from those things that she doesn't like. All right? All right. Now, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. There's stuff he likes, there's stuff he doesn't like. All right? Don't let a corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but only what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. How many of you have seen somebody do something and it just bothered you because it just was not acceptable to you? I remember when Jeannie and I, we were, we were just married. We'd only been married a couple of months. We had a little apartment. And we invited a couple to come over and play Rook. How many of you Dutch people know Rook? It's a Dutch game, you know. Okay. But it's a little card game, all right? And so it's, it's uh, Jeannie and I against this other couple, Javier and Darlene. Right? And we're playing, and, and she does something. She, she made a dumb play, right? And I mean, I'm not kidding. He starts yelling at her, and she starts yelling back. And I'm looking like this, and Jeannie starts crying. Right? She starts to cry, and you say, why? Because it grieved her, right? That's not how we talk to each other. That's not how they talked in her family, right? And when that happens, she literally starts to cry, and they're like, they're like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And she says, you guys, well, you're treating each other. And they're like, ah, oh, it's no big deal. This is just normal, right? But yet it grieved her. There are things that we do that can grieve the Holy Spirit. And it says, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, things that grieve the Holy Spirit, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. See, that pleases God, even as God in Christ forgave you. So our wrong attitudes, our wrong thoughts, behaviors, values, our wrong speaking, right, unforgiveness, those are things that grieve the Holy Spirit. And we want to be sure not to grieve him. Now, in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 19, it says, Don't quench the Spirit. Don't despise prophecies. Test or prove all things. Hold fast to what's good. So we can grieve the Spirit, and we can quench the Spirit. Now, when we quench the Spirit, literally what's happening is we are stopping the move of God's Spirit. How many of you realize you can do that? He can want things to happen in your life. He can want things to happen through you, but we can quench the Spirit. Now, notice the way that it says, don't despise prophesying. Uh, I've, I've had some prophecies that were wonderful over my life. Uh, I, I remember still 40 years ago, a man gave me a prophetic word about something that would be in my ministry. He said, you know, there will be healing as part of your ministry all of your life. 
And I've, I've held on to that. It's been an encouragement. Right? But it says don't despise prophesying. And we can sometimes despise it because it can be abused. I, I remember when Jeannie and I graduated from Bible college. And we decided to go to Mexico. Now, we didn't really, like, have God. There, there was no voice from heaven, right? But the Bible said, go, right? So we said, well, let's go. Let's go. And, so, and, and we looked around and said, well, where should we go? Well, Mexico was close. We didn't have much money, so it's easier to get there. So we said, let's go to Mexico. Right? So we came back to Michigan after we graduated, basically to say goodbye to my family. And one of the, 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 the key worship leaders in the church that I had gotten saved in said, uh, we want you to come over for dinner, you and, you and Jeannie. They lived in Hudsonville, and we went to their house and sat down, and they brought out the venison stroganoff, first time I ever had venison in my life. It's wonderful. And then he began to say, now, he said, uh, I'm going to tell you something. He said, now, I could prophesy to you. He says, but this is the will of God. He said, you are not supposed to go to Mexico. He said, if you go, it will be a total failure. He said, it's going to end up very, very, very badly. He says, you're supposed to stay in Michigan. Uh, before I had gone to Bible college, I had worked that summer at Steelcase. He said, you're supposed to go back to Steelcase. You're supposed to get a job at Steelcase. You're supposed to stay there. And if you go, you're going to be missing God. And he says, I'm warning you. This is the Lord talking to you. Do not go. So, <clears throat> we left. <clears throat> you know, we prayed. Now, God, is this you speaking to us? Or is this just somebody looking at us and saying, I look at you and what I see your abilities to be are these. Right? And we decided after prayer that we were still going to go to Mexico. And uh, it did not turn out bad. It turned out wonderful. Um, just yesterday, it was interesting, we were at the Spanish church picnic, and a guy came up, and he was watching a podcast from a pastor in Mexico, who I have talked to you about a little bit. His name is Chuy Olivares. We had won his entire family to the Lord. He's got a church of about 8,000 people in Guadalajara, Mexico, and uh, just going strong, started another 50 churches besides that. Right? And that's just some some of the fruit, just some of the fruit that remains. How many of you know your fruit needs to remain? It needs to remain. You know, in fact, Doug went down to Mexico with me about six years later, and, and he was apologizing up one side and down the other. He said, you know, I'm just so sorry. I'm so sorry. But, you know, you can take something like that, and because of it, you can begin to despise prophesying. But notice what it says. It says, test or prove all things and hold fast to what's good. Right? There may be times when it's not right. Now, just to give you one way to test and to prove, in Acts 13, it says this. Now, the church that was at, in Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. The list begins with Barnabas, and it ends with, uh, with Saul. It says, as they ministered the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, listen to this, separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And having fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. Now, notice he said, the work to which I have called them. They already knew what God wanted them to do. 
And the prophecy was a confirmation of what they already knew. If you want to get in trouble, be led by prophecy. Because the Bible says those that are sons of God, they're led by the Spirit of God, not by prophecy. If it's God, it's going to be already in your heart. And if it's not, I recommend that in your spirit someplace, you just have a big kind of like bookshelf, and you just put all prophecies up there that you don't understand and you don't know anything about and just kind of keep them and watch and see what happens. A number of years ago, here at church, somebody came up to me and they said, Pastor, he says, I've been, man prophesied to me. And he said, I'm supposed to go to Africa. And when I get to Africa, I am going to be a great, great missionary, and I'm just going to win tens of thousands of people to the Lord. And I said to him, first of all, I said, well, what are you doing now? He said, nothing. I said, are you teaching a Sunday school class? He said, no. And by the way, if you think that a plane trip or a boat ride is going to change you, you're wrong. What's on the inside where you are is what's going to be on the inside when you get wherever you go. How many of you know the problem is not where you go, the problem is you're there? You, 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 you bring something good or you bring something bad, but you bring what you've got with you. And what I ultimately said to him, I said, he said, should I go? And I said, well, if you do, be sure to bring that guy with you so you know when to come home. Some of you will catch that later. All right. <clears throat> so what, what the spirit, what, listen, what quenches the spirit is when we just reject everything that's supernatural. And we just overlook everything that's supernatural. It says, don't do that. Don't despise the move of the spirit of God. Don't despise prophesying. He says, but hold fast to what is good. Right. Now, what the Holy Spirit has done is what he is going to do. It's, it's, let me give you a couple of scriptures about this. In Psalm 78, verse 41, yet and again and again they tempted God, limited the Holy One of Israel. They didn't remember his power in the day when he redeemed them from Egypt, when he worked his signs in Egypt and wonders in the field of Zoran. He turned their rivers into blood and their streams that they could not drink. He sent swarms of flies among them, which devoured them, and frogs, which destroyed them. He also gave their crops to caterpillars and their labor to locusts. He destroyed their vines with hail and their sycamore trees with frost. Now, God sent signs. He sent wonders. He did miraculous miracles among them, but yet they forgot. They forgot all the things that he had done. Now, the Bible says in Revelation 19 and verse 10, it says, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What that means is this. What Jesus did is what he's going to do. You can look at what has happened, the testimonies of what he has done, and that is a sign to us of what he's going to do because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. David said, your testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. It looks at the testimonies of what God has done in other people's lives and at other times and occasions. And he says, look, they're my delight and they're my counselors. 
Because what God has done, God will do. It says in, in Psalms 119, 111, it says, Your testimonies as I taken as a heritage or an inheritance forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. So we inherit the testimonies of all that God has done. Now the translation says, I have inherited your testimonies forever, and they are the joy of my heart. So when we become a part of the kingdom of God, when we become Christians, everything that he has already done are to be testimonies for us. All through the Bible, all the stories that we see, everything that you hear that God has done in somebody else's life, right? Those are to be our testimonies, our heritage, a sign of what he has done and will do. Right? Why? Because you are related to the God that made every one of them happen. You know, the root word for testimony in Hebrew is do again. Got that? The root word for testimony is do again. You hear, well, God, God healed somebody. He'll do it again. God delivered somebody. He'll do it again. God set somebody free. He's going to do it again. In fact, what is supposed to happen when you and I hear a testimony or reread a testimony in the Word of God, it is supposed to create faith on the inside of you, an expectation of what God is going to do. Right? Testimonies really do release an anointing for something to happen. They release an anointing for whatever that testimony is about to happen again. You know, that's why Moses instructed the children of Israel to rehearse all of the testimonies. That's why Joshua put up the memorial stones. And he says, now when you see these stones, he says, you tell your children everything that God has done. Psalm 78 he has established a testimony in Jacob and anointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. What? The testimonies of all the things that God had done make them known to their children, that the, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God. What are testimonies about? That they may set their hope in God, right? Our expectation of God is what determines our level of faith. Your expectation of God determines your level of faith. And what a testimony is supposed to do is it's supposed to ignite that, right? We back off from what God wants to do when we forget his testimonies. It says, uh, again in Psalm 78, it says that the children of Ephraim bringing arms and carrying bows turned back in the day of battle. What, why? And forgot his works and his wonders that he had shown them. It wasn't that they lacked what they needed to fight, but what they lacked was knowing what God had done because they forgot they forgot because what God has done is what God wants to do again. And when we forget, we end up being those people who have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. I'm going to have to 
jump ahead a little bit here. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given you a spirit of fear or of timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Now, now notice it says you need to stir up the gift of God that's in you. You see, so often what happens is God does something. There is an impartation. It, it, it can be something that God speaks to your heart. It can be something that happens prophetically. It can be something that happens through the laying on of hands. Remember, the Bible says that Joshua was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. Laid his hands on him. Uh, may I remind you that in first. No, in Hebrews chapter 6, it talks about the fundamental, the basic doctrines of Christ for New Testament Christians. And it says, the laying on of hands. The laying on of hands. And he's saying that hands were laid on you, right? And a gift was imparted to you. He said, and you need to stir up the gift. Now, remember I said in the beginning, one of the most important things about you is how you host the Spirit of God that's on the inside of you. Because you can have something on the inside of you and you can totally ignore what is in you. A gift the Spirit of God has given you, you can totally ignore it. And, and, and by the way, uh, it, it's just so true. You, you've heard the saying, use it or lose it. And it just goes dormant when you don't use it. Um, you know, Jeannie and I lived in Mexico for, for seven years, and uh, when we went to Mexico, all the Spanish that I knew was taco, enchilada, chimichanga, and casa. I mean, that was it, all right? So, so uh, we get there, and, and uh, we get in language school, and, and, uh, and I was preaching in Spanish after, after seven months. Sometime I'll, I'll tell you the story about that, all right? Now, it's been... 36 years since we lived in Mexico. Right? Now, if I'm going to do something in Spanish today, you know what I do? For a month beforehand, right, every day, I listen to the Spanish Bible at least 10 chapters before I go. Right? And I'll try to find a show on Netflix in Spanish. You say, why do you do that? Because it stirs it up. It stirs it back up. Right? But if I don't use it, I get rusty. I get slow. Right? I might conjugate a verb wrong if I don't use it. But when I use it, it gets going again. All right? And one of the ways that you stir up the gift that's in you is you begin to use that gift that's on the inside of you. Right? If it's up to us, it, it literally is up to us to keep impactful the experiences that we have had with God. Right? It is up, up to us to keep impactful the experiences that we've had with God. Now listen to this, 1 Kings 11. So the Lord became very angry with Solomon because his heart turned away from the Lord God of Israel who had appeared to him twice. God had 
supernaturally appeared to Solomon twice. But Solomon let his heart get hard and turn away from God. You know, the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. To whom much is given, much is required. And, and literally, Solomon had two totally supernatural experiences with God. But yet, he neglected them. He neglected their impact on his life. And the Bible says, as a result, the Lord was angry with him because he did not take those experiences that he had and literally use them or keep them impactful in his life. Paul, I think it's interesting, you know, Paul is on his way to Damascus and he get, he's on his donkey and Jesus appears to him and knocks him down, speaks to him, tells him what's going to be happening in the future. Uh, Paul tells that story two times in the book of Acts and it's recorded in the book of Acts. He refers to it three other times in his epistles. He kept that supernatural experience that he had with God, he kept it impacting his life. And just because something happens to you and the Spirit of God does something that is powerful, if you don't steward it right, it becomes sale, it becomes sour. And literally, it comes to the place where people say, I don't even know if it was real. I don't even know if it was true. But it was real, and it is true, but it's not impacting your life anymore. Jesus heals 10 lepers, right? How many of them came back to even say thank you? Just one. Just one even recognized this is something that God has done, and I need to reconnect with God, and I need to say thank you. It is so, so common for God to do something supernatural in our lives, and then we simply forget all about it. And we do not steward the thing that God has done or the gift that God has imparted to us. Right? So Paul told Timothy, he said, stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. Well, one of the ways you stir it up is simply by using it. Using it. He stirs it up. Another way to stir it up is found in Jude 20. It says, but you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in other tongues. You say, what does it do? It edifies you. It builds you up. Right? And it begins to stir up that gift that's in you. Uh, one of the, the, the ministers that I followed particularly years ago, Jesus appeared to him in a vision and uh, touched both of his hands and said, I'm, I'm putting a, a gift of healing in your hands. And he said, now... He said, if it begins to wane, he said, fast and pray. He said, you just fast. Seek my face, fast and pray. And when you do, it'll come back to its original strength. And, and I, I know that that is true. Now, let me just say something because fasting is a new subject for some of you, right? Fasting doesn't change God, it changes you. It just helps you disconnect from all the things of the world and connect with God in the spiritual realm, right? And then be where the Spirit of God is moving. Be where the Spirit of God is moving. Now, I want you to listen carefully to Isaiah 6 and verse 1. In the year 
that King Huzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. Now, now by the way, this is really important because King Huzziah was one of the kings that literally he, he began to turn Israel back to God. Right? And he dies, and the prophet is heartbroken. But when it happens, he lifted up his eyes from a man, and he began to put his eyes where they should be. He said, I saw the Lord right? sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and his, the train of his robe filled the temple. The word filled there, it is in the continuous tense. In other words, it kept filling, and it kept coming, 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 and it kept coming. You say, what does that mean? That means that's how God moves in our life. Wherever we're at, all right, that doesn't need to be the end. In fact, God wants to keep coming and keep coming and keep coming and more anointing and more blessing and more favor and more healing and more deliverance. He just keeps coming and coming and coming and keeps on moving ahead. Always, always there to meet that need. Always there with that gift of God that's in you, all right, to, for it to spring forth and to be more than it ever was before. I remind you to stir up the gift of God that is in you. You know, perhaps you're like Solomon who had experiences with God, but he didn't steward those experiences properly. Or you may be like Timothy and you need to stir up the gift of God that's inside you. You've received spiritual gifts from God, but yet they've become sour, they've become stagnant. And if you're in either of those conditions right now, I want to pray for you. And Father, first of all, I pray for those that have that spiritual gift on the inside of them. And Father, in Jesus' name, right now we say, Holy Spirit, come. And we stir up that gift. Stir up the gift of God that's in them, Lord. Let it become stronger. Let their anointing increase in Jesus' name. And Father, for those that have not stewarded properly a spiritual experience that they've had with you, Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would come and revive that experience on the inside of them. Lord, and let them steward it. Let them be thankful for what you've done. And Lord, let that experience produce fruit in their lives. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, but you may be watching today and you're simply not right with God. You're away from the Lord. You lived for God at one point, but you're not living for God today. Or you don't know where you stand with God. You just say, oh, I, I hope I'm right with God. I'm, I hope I'm on the way to heaven. You know, the Bible says this. It says, we've written these things to you that you may know that you have everlasting life. We're not supposed to die and find out if we make it to heaven. We are supposed to know. And if you don't know, you know you're away from God. You're not right with God. You want to get right. I want to ask you right now, bow your head, pray this prayer. Pray, make these words your own. Just say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins and I believe he rose again. And today I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I surrender to him and I receive the forgiveness you have for me. I thank you that I am your child, a part of your family, today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that simple prayer from your heart, God heard that prayer and you are right with God. 
Now, I want to help you keep growing spiritually, so much so that I wrote a book full of bullet points to help you keep growing spiritually. I want to send it to you absolutely free of charge. Now, you can download it, or if you need a hard copy, let us know. Information's there on your screen, and we will send it to you. God bless you. Thanks for being with us today. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Duane, you're making one of the best decisions of your life. Just as Pastor said, we would love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and request a copy of this book to be mailed to you, or you can download it right there instantly. Either way, it's absolutely free and it's a great resource for you to have. Today's program is available on Roku and Amazon Fire TV by searching Walking by Faith. Or you can check out our app where you can download any message for easy offline listening. Walking by Faith is used across the globe to spread the truth that changes lives on and off the air. To partner with us financially in this great commission, you can go to walkingbyfaith.tv give. If you need someone to pray with or God is just doing amazing things in your life, we want to hear about it. You can contact us by phone, email, or through our app. You can also find us on your favorite social platform by searching WBF TV. We hope that you have a blessed week and we'll see you again next time.